season two of the JKR podcast powered by Black Cobra Sports. My name is Jay Shriglin and I'm the host. Let's dig into today's episode after a word from our sponsor. JKR podcast that we have artillery left-handed pitcher Alabama native and 2023 commit to Auburn Auburn baseball we got Connor Keplinger on the podcast Connor super pumped to get you on the show man how are you doing today I'm great thank you thank you for having me on the show hey of course so I, I think I said Keplinger which it's Keplinger right correct Right, Keplinger, okay, yeah. Okay, so I butchered it a little bit, but, you know, the fa- fans get the gist. Um, but, no, before we kind of dig into the baseball side of things a little bit, I do have one question I like to ask everybody that gets on the podcast, and that is, for those who don't know you, how would you introduce yourself? Who is Connor Keplinger? Oh, well, I mean, I'm pretty from a pretty small town, so not I'm not really like um, – I don't have, like, a huge following, a huge name, you know, so I kind of just try to keep my head down do my best and everything and just try to make a name for myself any way I can. Okay. So small town, um, I believe on the perfect game website, it says Morris, Alabama. Is that, that is that right? Okay. So can I take us through kind of what, what's Morris about? Um, like how big is it? How big is your school? Uh, kind of what, what are some, maybe some things to do in Morris? Right. So there's not really too much to do. Um, I, I don't even have like, there's no service in my high school, middle of the woods. The, I mean, it's a pretty decent sized high school. We're a six A in Alabama. So I think we're almost at a thousand students. So we're oh, like wow. slowly, but um, it's a very small town. It's got a few, few feeder towns that feed into the high school. So it kind of makes it a little bigger, but I mean, it's, it's definitely very rural. Yeah. So in, in Alabama, when you say small, so I'm from Indiana and when you're from a small town, it's nothing but like corn beans, kind of the same way across the Midwest. But when you go down more South, like, is it kind of the same as that? Like, you being from a small town, is it mostly like what corn bean fields? Or I know you said your school's in a woods, so kind of. Right. So it's a lot of there's a lot of hills, so it's mostly just wooded areas, few houses. You know, I live. I mean, I live on a road where it's just a, it's just a windy road. You have a house every now and then, a mm-hmm. lot of land. So yeah, it's definitely. I mean, there are a few subdivisions, but for the most part, I mean, there's a lot of woods around here too. So do you, do you like that type of living, or would you prefer potentially down the road after college to? go live somewhere in a bigger city or a, or somewhere different than just a, a bunch of wooded area. Yeah. I would definitely want to try and get into a, to definitely a bigger city, which I mean, I mean, there's a lot of good things about living in a smaller town, but there's also a lot of cons. I mean, really nothing to do. I mean, you don't have a lot of, a lot of people you can go see like training wise, stuff like that. So yeah, I would definitely want to move to a, to a bigger area when I get out of college. Yeah, so you mentioned training there. So who are so do you, who do you have maybe as a pitching coach right now, or just a guy you go to um, for training besides your maybe your high school and uh, maybe your travel ball coach? Right. So I have um, there's a guy that's been training me since I was about nine years old. His name's Billy Chandler. He's um he's a high school coach at a high school down the road from me. But yeah, every year me and him train. He's my pitching coach every year. We train. We start December first throwing pins and he's right there with me every step of the way so he's been pretty influential in my life as a pitcher yeah so talk so with influential like who else has been pretty influential within your baseball career besides your pitching coach yeah there's um there's only one gym 
I'm in one big gym around where I live, and it's uh, 1041 Strength and Athletics. And um, Jeff Hanna, that's the owner of the gym, him, and uh, there's a PT, Courtney Green. I've been training with them for probably, I mean, cl- coming up on 10 years. So they're, they're really big on keeping me healthy while also keeping me strong. So that's been a big part of it, too. Uh, so digging into some of the training facilities that you have in your Morris, Alabama area, uh, let's let's dig into what high school baseball is like in Alabama and what high school baseball is like in Morris. Um, so just digging into your team specifically, uh, what was your last season like and maybe what are some things you guys are um, expecting out of this upcoming spring when you're a senior? Yeah, so last year, I mean, we had a pretty old team. We had, I think, 13 seniors and I think 10, uh, nine started. So, and we had a few POs. So I was really the only kid out there that wasn't a senior. So we're kind of losing a lot. But last year, our team was really close because we all grew up together in small town. You know, we're all like brothers. So we all play the game pretty hard together for each other. And that's one thing I like about it because, I mean, we're all really close. We've all known each other for years. Yeah. But uh, this year we have a lot of new guys, a lot of guys that are going to have to fill some roles. And uh, But I think we have a pretty good shot to be pretty decent this year. So with you being one of those main guys coming back who wasn't a senior last year, like are you going to be looked at as a leader in this year's clubhouse? And if so, like what are some ways you're kind of going about the leadership? Right, well, yeah, ever since I came here as a freshman, I kind of tried to get myself into a leadership role and uh, kind of like lead the way for my team. And I do that. um, I like to just show everybody by example, like work hard, hustle on the field, show show up to practice early, stay late, you know, just kind of do a little bit extra. And uh, hopefully it transfers into the games. Yeah. So what is that competition level like in Alabama? Obviously, I know Coleman Mizell, RJ Hamilton. Um, those are two guys I've both talked to. I think they're actually ranked one and two in the state, I, I think. Um, but no, what's that competition like in like in your area, in Morris, or in just in, Al- in uh, Alabama in general, uh, when it comes to teams that you're facing potentially? How often are you facing another Power 5 commit? Or just overall, just take us through what that competition level is like in Alabama. Well, I mean, really, there's there's just um, powerhouse schools, you know. There's uh, you'll go to a few, there's a few schools in Alabama that are just loaded. Like you got Hartsville, Alabama, their high school team's loaded. Power five kids, Hewitt Trust was loaded. But uh, I mean, really, in six A, my division, there's not really too many teams that you're gonna face. Like even Division one players, you'll you'll see a couple every now and then, but not really that, not really too often. Till you get up in else. All right, so Hartzell, I, I believe that's where that's where Mizell goes, right? Yes, sir. That's what I thought. Because I remember when I was talking to him, he said that his freshman year when he came in, there was like maybe like seven seniors who were going to play Power Five, and there's a bunch of guys at Auburn and Alabama from from schools like that. But do you play Hartzell at all, or are they a different like district or region or however that goes in, in Alabama? Yeah, they're a different. I mean, we could play them. We could schedule them regular season, but more than likely we'll match up with them. Uh, round two or three in the playoffs this year so that'll be the first time we played them okay so what what is the outlook on this upcoming spring like I know you said you're not bringing too many guys back besides yourself so like are there a lot of guys a lot of younger guys who are going to be able to uh, step up and, and play at that high level and potentially compete for a state championship yeah I mean we like I said we had a lot of seniors last year so a lot of the sophomores didn't really get to play much on varsity and my grade we only have four kids my junior class last year junior class this year senior class only four or five kids in the whole on the whole baseball team and I mean we have another pitcher that's a senior he's committed to Georgia Southern so 
he's also going to be a big, big key role in the team this year. But, um, yeah, I think the younger guys have a good chance of stepping up, and uh, they kind of have to prove themselves, you know, and uh, kind of make a name for themselves this season. I think that's a good place to be. Yeah. So playing playing high school ball in Alabama, obviously Auburn is in Alabama. Have you gotten a chance to play up against some of your uh, future teammates at all in high school ball? Uh, yeah, there's a um, – the only really – one I played against is a 2026, 2025 commit. His name's Caden Combs. I pitched against him last year in the area championship. That's the only one I've really faced. Okay. So what are your thoughts on him as potentially a future teammate when he'll be a freshman and you'll be a junior? Yeah, the kid's a dog for sure. He can definitely swing the bat. I mean, he's he's just huge. And uh it's definitely kids you want to try and get out of the batter's box. You don't want to you don't want to keep him in there too long. Try and get ahead or yeah. So let's so let's dig into the recruiting process to where you ended up at Alabama. I know you committed here this past spring. Um, so just kind of take us through it, kind of when the recruiting process got started for you and when you started getting noticed by some of the Division One Power Five schools. Yeah, it was. I mean, it was a pretty slow, pretty slow start for me. Being, um, I mean, I'm kind of small. I'm not small. I mean, six foot tall. I'm not really passing the eye test really. And uh, so sophomore year, I got my first offer. Montevallo is a Division Two offer. And then after then, it was pretty much nothing. My velo was low 80s. So, I mean, you're not really getting too many looks there. And then um, so the start of my junior year, I was 87, 88. And I started getting, like, some mid-majors in Alabama. Like, not even really offers, but, like, texting me, calling me, Twitter, you know, uh, asking me to come down to their school. But I kind of just let it ride. I was just trying to play, see what I could do. Wasn't really too worried about the offers. Just kind of let them go. And then um, like when I played in the area championship, I hit 89, which is a P, which was a PR then. And um, I had pretty pretty much every D1 school in Alabama and a few surrounding schools are calling me. But, um, yeah, Auburn's a, been a lifetime dream for me to go there. So as soon as they reached out, I kind of I kind of gave them a lot of my attention, you know. I'm sure. So talking to Division II, mid-major, and then those Power 5 schools, like would you kind of how, – how would you compare talking to those different schools? Kind of did, did they all have a different way of going about it compared to – uh, like a power five, like Auburn compared to the division two teams that you were talking to, like, was it any difference in the recruiting process at all? Or were they all kind of similar? Yeah. I'll, I mean, the biggest difference is, I mean, these smaller schools, they, you know, they try to get the best players they can. These, but the power five schools, they get the best players. You know what I mean? Like, so like, it was almost like, yeah, I mean, yeah, the big schools wanted me, but they're not going to like, you know, they're not going to like, ask me over and over and over because there's probably three more of me they could have got, you know. So it's definitely different in that aspect because the smaller schools are really wanting to get you, so they kind of put a little bit more effort into it, you know. But, yeah, Auburn did a great job, like, quick response, called me regularly, and, uh, yeah, got me down for some visits, and then I pretty much made up my mind after that. Okay, take us through that initial conversation you were having with that Division Two team, the first team that reached out to you compared to the first power five school that reached out to you kind of just what was going through your mind, obviously, as you go through the recruiting process and that first power five reaches out, I'm sure that's, I mean, I'm, I'm sure that's a huge thing in your right. mind. So I'm, I'm sure that's crazy. So kind of take us through what that, what uh, the differences were in that. Yeah, it was, I mean, it was, it was pretty cool. The first offer I got Montevallo um, because it's your first college offer, you know, you kind of, kind of always wanted to get a college offer. So, yeah, I was, it was actually weird. I was pitching at Montevallo, and their coach was just sitting up in the press box. And I was, like, 85 from the left side at like when I was, like, 14 or 15. So he was, like, wanting to know who I was, trying to get to know me. So, And then he was talking to my travel ball coach, 
And um, I'm sitting in Subway parking lot about to go eat. I get a call. And uh, it's the Montevallo coach. And we talked for a second. And then he, he sent me an offer on email and told him. And he just told me, I mean, if you want to commit here right now, you can. You can wait. And it was a pretty – it was a really good scholarship. So, I mean – but it was pretty early. I didn't really want to commit too early because I – I just wanted to see how, what I could get to, like what my max potential was before I made my final decision. But yeah. then um, that first Power Five school was crazy, though, like because I never thought that was a possibility for me because I had um, UAB come watch me one game, and then um, he never reached back out to me. So I don't really know. I guess I didn't wow him too much. So then I was just, like, thinking that I would probably end up going JUCO or maybe another mid-major. But when uh, Auburn reached out, it was pretty exciting because that's my – my favorite school yeah so who was that first power five that reached out to you uh well it was it was all the same night uh we had auburn and then i had alabama reach out and then i had a couple other schools reach not really reach out but kind of like like my stuff on twitter follow me on twitter just stuff like that a couple more so so let's say before auburn reached auburn alabama reached out that same night what were some of those key things that you were looking for before your dream school of auburn reached out um, and gave, gave you that offer. Yeah, I just really wanted to – I mean, me and my high school coach are really close, and uh, he's like – he really likes his players, and he makes a big emphasis on, like, player player relationship with the, with a coach. So I was really just looking for, a, like, a family-type team. And um, so, like, I would watch college baseball a lot and see how the coaches and the players interacted. And um, I really like the way Coach Thompson interacts with his players and, and pretty much everyone he talks to. You know, he's just, like, a really nice guy. So when I saw that, I kind of, I kind of had already made up my mind. I was just waiting on them to reach out to me. So with you being from Auburn, obviously Alabama, Auburn, they're both great schools. What is it that makes Auburn number one in your mind compared to where Alabama's number two? Right. Um, well, there's nothing. I don't know. It's really just like um, my best friend in high school, Austin Morris. He's at Alabama right now. He's a pitcher, and so I really didn't want to go to the same school as him. So I just kind of wanted to kind of go my own route. And um, I, my parents have a big emphasis on academics. So they want me to go get my – they want me to get a degree. And I want to be an optometrist. So Auburn has a better school, has a has a really good optometrist school to go to to get my degree for there. And my sister goes to Auburn. So I'd be there with her. And we already have a house. So, I mean, it really just worked yeah. out perfect. Yeah, that's perfect. But before Auburn and Alabama reached out that same night – um, was there a team that you were potentially leaning towards uh, actually committing maybe before those schools reached out? Um, I mean, before the kind of the whole process started. Yeah. So I was really looking South Alabama was where I thought I was going to go. Like that was my, that was my school I was going to go to. And they had actually offered me a preferred walk on because my ACT score covered a lot of the um, tuition. Yeah. So I, um, was leaning towards there, but I really didn't want to prefer to walk on it because I kind of, I mean, you know, you kind of want to get a little bit of a scholarship. And then, um, so yeah, like a few days before Auburn offered me, South Alabama re-offered me a real scholarship. And, um, but I mean, yeah, South Alabama was definitely one of my, was not number one school for a while there, probably three, four years. Okay. So what was, I know you were, I know you were actually in Auburn a couple of weeks ago. You said you went on that visit, kind of took some, took some cool pictures with that college world series patch on the Jersey. Uh, so kind of take us through what that, what the official visit was like in Auburn and just some of your favorite things about it. Yeah. So, I mean, one of the biggest things is just, you know, connecting with the coaches and your future teammates, everybody coming from all over. But uh, yeah, so we got down there Friday around one o'clock 
about a two and a half hour drive. So we just, we kind of left in the morning, got down there and ate lunch. Um, everybody ate lunch with the boys, talked to coach Thompson, talked to us, showed us some stuff, uh, just kind of gave us a rundown. And then, um, yeah, we checked into the hotel. We had, um, we were staying at the Auburn hotel, which was, which was so nice. It was just beautiful hotel and, uh, got some sleep, woke up the next day, had breakfast with everybody and the boys. Then we went over, we had an 11 a.m. game. The Auburn football game was 11 a.m. So we went there, watched the game. Uh, yeah, watched the game. It was, it was, it was rough. But, uh, after that, we went, um, went to the baseball field, hung out there a little bit, just kind of chilled in the locker room and then took some pictures, put on the jerseys, which that was probably my favorite part was putting on that jersey. I mean, and, uh, took some pictures and then we had dinner. And then that was it. That was that was pretty much the visit. It, it was pretty. It was pretty fun, though. Yeah, I mean, obviously, every time that a recruit or a, a commit puts on that jersey for the first time, I mean, that's always a always a special moment. I know. I love this time of the year when all the guys are go, the seniors are going on their official visits, and they're just continuously posting uh, whatever school they're going to, wearing their jerseys. That's that's always pretty cool. So you talk you talk about how you went to Auburn and kind of started building relationships with some of the other commits. Um, are there any other Auburn commits that you kind of have relationships with already, or who are some of the guys that you bonded with the most um, when you were down there last weekend? Yeah, so um, artillery baseball. I played with them this summer. We had um, we had three other Auburn commits on the team, and we played against another Auburn commit. So I'm pretty close with those three kids, uh, Cade Bellew. Cameron Tilly and Alex Petrovic, they were all on my team. And then we played against Cole Emerson and uh, Cole Edwards. We kind of, I kind of met a lot of players through because you all play in those big tournaments. You all kind of each other. So, yeah, I mean, I already had a pretty good idea of a lot of kids, but there was a, there was a lot of kids that I had no, I didn't even know. I mean, so I got to meet all those kids and a few of them are going to be there down this weekend and I won't be there, but yeah, we'll, we'll all see each other pretty soon. We're going to try and go see some basketball games together and kind of network. I'm sure. What's what's Auburn's basketball team looking like this year? Well, they lost uh, they lost Kessler and they lost Jabari Smith, but I think they're going to be pretty decent. They've got a pretty good recruiting class. Okay, and with with Auburn only being two and a half hours away from me, I mean that's not that's not a bad drive at all. Go up and watch some good uh, Power Five basketball. I mean, SEC's not as good as the Big Ten or ACC, but they're they're up there. They're pretty close. Yes, yeah, it's, it's pretty high level. But uh, no, so you talk about relationships. So, what was your relationship like with the Auburn coaching staff? Um, how how was it before you committed, and now how has it evolved now that you've gotten to know them for what is it five six months? Um, just overall, what is that relationship like? Yeah, it's um it's been nice. I mean, they've kind of been keeping up with me, my innings, my usage, and trying to kind of keep me healthy through the off season, in season, just telling me like trying to give me some pointers. You know, they don't want me throwing too much or not enough. So that's pretty big having high level coaching like that. Not really coaching, but having someone to talk to about that kind of stuff when you, uh, yeah, that's been one of the biggest helps to me is just, just being able to talk to them about that kind of stuff. Yeah. So these past couple of days I've been seeing, I think Max Clark, RJ Hamilton, I think Coleman Mizell as well t- tweeting that they're doing their national, uh, they're, they're doing their national letter of intent signing day. Uh, so when is that for you? Or and how, what are you looking forward to most of making it official um, going to Auburn? Yeah, well, I'm doing it uh, November 9th, early signing day. It's um, next Wednesday at my high school, but my high school kind of does it different. It's not really like an open invite thing. So, like, you kind of have to have, like, a guest list, all kind of stuff. So, I really just put, like, my immediate family, coaches that have kind of been with me throughout the way, stuff like that. So, yeah, but I'm pretty excited because you kind of just make it official 
you ink it in. And then, uh, yeah, today I went and got my suit and my tie. I got everything ready, so I'm kind of ready for it. Yeah. So is there a limit on how many people you can actually bring, uh, actually have on the guest list um, for the, the National Signing Day? There's really not a limit. I mean, no, not really. But, I mean, all my friends are going to be there. They're inviting pretty much the whole school. I mean, a lot of kids will be there my family, my coaches. So, I mean, that's really, really all I could ask for to be there. Yeah. So are there some are there other athletes in your high school who are even in baseball or even in other sports who are going to be uh, signing that day and who have been committed to schools for a while? Um, we have a, a pitcher committed to Georgia Southern. He, uh, he just committed recently, though. He's signing. And then uh, we have a volleyball player, I think, a, to a junior college, and then a Division II softball player, and then a junior college softball player so we don't really have I mean we're definitely not like a sports powerhouse school at all yeah so you talked you talked about arm care there for a little bit you talked about how you were talking with the Auburn coaching staff on like hey when's the best time to shut down when's the best time to revamp uh kind of what is your arm care routine and then like how, how do you look at it in the off season once you kind of you end your summer ball season like what's your mindset on how how much should I be resting or how many bullpens a week should I be throwing uh kind of take us through that a little bit yeah, so I was at, um, I mean, I was close to 140 innings from the summer and the spring. So, I mean, a lot of pitches I took. So I finished up the season July 17th was the all-star game. That was my last outing. And I took about two months off. So I took August, September off. Started throwing a little bit in October and wasn't I wasn't really feeling great. So I took another, I took a little bit off and I just started throwing yesterday. And it's just light toss until December 1st, I'm going to start pins with uh with my coach billy coach chandler and um yeah so we start off december 1st we go like 25 pitch pin next week we'll go a 35 pitch we'll reset though two pins a week just short low intensity and then we'll just gradually work our way up until the season but yeah bands every day no matter what i have a band routine every single day and i'm like a big wiggle stick guy for like the small muscles in your shoulder uh, i like doing that and uh yeah, just, just kind of strengthening those muscles in your in your um, shoulder. Yeah. So is this your first off season, kind of doing it like in that that much, or have you guys have you done this before for for a fall and winter off season? Yeah, I've actually I've actually played football every year, but this year. So uh, usually I'm usually playing football during the fall, you know, and uh, kind of focusing on that and just kind of doing baseball around it. But I decided it was smarter not to play football my senior year. Just kind of put all my eggs into baseball. And uh, yeah, that's this is pretty much my only year, but I've had some amazing coaches around me kind of guide me through it, tell me what's best. And I think we have a pretty good plan put together. I'm sure. So have you been able to focus more on your game of baseball now that you're not playing football this fall? Yeah, definitely. Even the lift, all the way down to the lifts. I mean, you're doing pitching specific lifts. You're not really doing much like flat, flat bar chest, bench press, all kind of stuff like that. I mean, you're kind of really working on lower half explosion, arm care. I mean, that's really a lot of hit movements, stuff like that, just kind of being explosive, just like in baseball when you're pitching. Yeah. So you talked about artillery there, how you actually have three teammates who are going to Auburn there with you. So can I take us through how you got connected with artillery? I mean, they're a great baseball program. I know a lot of guys in the 23s, 24s, 25s who were there uh, committed to some power five schools. So just a great program and overall in general. I'm just trying to take us through how you got connected with them. Yeah, so I played with um, a team called Mafia Baseball. It's a, it's like a local team. We played nine U all the way up. I even started my my senior my junior summer with them, and uh, after I committed, I had um, Aj, the coach of artillery, 
he um he reached out to my Auburn coaches and were asking for some pitchers and they they said that I would probably be a good fit for that team. So yeah, they AJ hit me up on I think Instagram, maybe Twitter, something like that. We got to talking and uh yeah, so he called me like three days before Carrie. And uh so I drove down to Carrie, left the tournament, drove to Carrie, pitched, and then I just fell in love with it because I mean the baseball's so high level when you're playing against those kind of guys and so yeah, really the team really got along really good. We were, I mean, fit in perfectly. So I just stayed with them the rest of the summer. So what does that artillery 2023 roster look like? Like I know you said you got the three Auburn commits, but who are some other guys on that team um, who are committed to some power five schools? But yeah, the catcher, we have a catcher, um, Mark Gialusi, Virginia commit, third baseman, um, Henry Ford, Virginia commit, shortstop, um, Ethan Hendel, Kentucky commit. We got AJ Gracia, Duke commit. Um, Ryan Garrity, Wichita State commit. Um, I mean, uh, we have a lot of guys out there. Blake Grimmer, Tennessee commit. There's a lot. Of, there's there's a lot of guys. Some guys will just show up randomly, so you know, you kind of just some POs will just fly in and throw. So it's kind of weird, you know. But yeah, it was a very talented group. <clears throat> yeah. So take take us through that first day you were with artillery, kind of going about. I mean, you really don't know anybody at that point. I'm assuming. Um, so take us through that first day in Cary where you're kind of going about meeting, meeting the head coach, meeting all the new players who um, you've never been teammates with before. Uh, kind of take us through what, what that day was like for you. Yeah, it's, I mean, it was pretty nerve-wracking because, I mean, I was, I was not – I was a high follow on PG, no rankings. Um, no one really knew who I was because I've never no – one, no one really knew who I was. I'd never played that high level of baseball. So I, I kind of felt like – I was an underdog when I walked in the door and they, I felt like kind of some of the kids didn't really think I was very good. And uh, so I felt like I had to prove myself. That tournament you were in, you said it's in Cary. That's where USA baseball's at. I see that flag in the background. Uh, no, but um, so was that that tournament where it's like invite only, where there's only what, like maybe 12, 15 teams who are there to begin with. Right. Yeah. So I think there's 12 teams. Okay. So was that the best competition you faced so far in your career at that point? Cause I mean, I know there was Texas 12, Indiana bulls, um, obviously artillery um, with you guys there um, and just a bunch of other legit programs. So was that the best competition that you faced so far? Yeah, I, I pitched twice. Um, I pitched against Canes National and I pitched against top tier Roos. So I had a pretty two really, really top, like top five teams in the nation. Those are my two outings. Yeah. So now, now that you've played with artillery your entire like junior slash senior summer, um, how would you compare uh, just the way that a, a top level program like artillery is ran compared to more of a local program like your mafia team? Well, the, the local team, you're definitely a really close knit. And um, I mean, you, we all grew up together and um, amazing coach, coach Chandler, my pitching coach is actually the coach of that team. And uh, yeah, he, he kind of got me all the way up to where I was today. And he, I mean, he's like probably the one I owe the most to, but I mean, I kind of needed to just, we can't get into the big tournaments. You know, if you don't have a loaded roster, you're not getting into those tournaments, like not even the world would bet. So we kind of had, I mean, I just kind of had to go take a different route just because I needed to see, just, just see some higher level baseball. But I mean, it's, it's a lot of the same things. You're just, I mean, like, I, I mean, yeah, the, the level of baseball is definitely way higher when you get in those big tournaments. I mean, every kid on your, every kid on every team's power five pretty much. Yeah. So what, what has your relationship been like with the head coach there of artillery? You said, what's his name? RJ? AJ. R, so how, say it again. AJ. 
Uh, it's like AJ, but the ah, uh, it's like ah uh, instead of a. Ah, uh, okay. Ah, uh, J. Okay. So, what is your relationship like with Ah J? Uh, kind of just not really known him beforehand, before this summer, and now that you kind of went through and played all summer with him, uh, how has your relationship with him evolved? Yeah, dude, he, he's he's sick. I mean, first day I ever saw him, me, him, and um Cameron Tilly went out and got some got some food at like a little like a little sports bar or whatever. Got like some wings and watched a football game or a baseball game and uh. Yeah, I mean he he's he's really close with all his guys. I mean we Snapchat still. He still he still reaches out and talks to me. I mean yeah, so he, I really like him. Yeah. Um. So now now that you've kind of gone through, I mean I'm gonna go ahead and assume that your travel ball career is at an end, right? Like it's over. Like you're not playing another travel ball event. Okay. So kind of take us through maybe when you think about travel ball, um, all the years that you played for Mafia this summer when you're playing for Artillery. Uh, just kind of take us through what some of your favorite travel ball memories are, or maybe just some things that come to mind when you think about travel ball. Yeah, so I mean, that, when I'm younger, Cooperstown is definitely one of the one of the most fun times I've ever had playing baseball. So yeah, we went pretty far. I think we went to, we lost out in the Elite Eight in Cooperstown, which is I mean pretty good. We won the Around the Horn event, if you know what that is. It's like a little game you do, and uh, but yeah, so. We didn't win too many tournaments growing up, like any real big tournaments. But when we were younger, we, we would win all the local Alabama tournaments. We were pretty good. But as we got older, um, it started being more showcases and trying to get, you know, college looks, stuff like that. But, uh, yeah, I would I would probably say the most fun summer I've ever had was this summer playing for October. So you said Mafia couldn't get into those big tournaments like the WWBA. I mean, go ahead, assume like Lake Point, Lake Point as well. Um, so what was that like kind of this summer, kind of going through it for the first time? Like, did it meet your expectations of what you were expecting or just kind of take us through like what, what was going through your head when you're showing up to a, a Lake Point or a Nice Cobb or a Cary and you're just going, you're seeing power five, power five, power five um, compared to what you were used to in the past. Yeah, it's, it's definitely different because, I mean, you have you have you have 20, 25, 30 guys on the team, you know, or usually you had 10 or 11 and it's more like. Um, I don't know. It, it, it was more like almost playing college baseball, you know? It, I mean, it's, you're really close to just playing college baseball at that level. Every pitcher's throwing upper 80s, 90s. Every batter can hit the ball over the fence at any time. So, yeah, it's definitely – you don't want to miss – you don't want to miss for the fastball when you're playing against those kind of kids. Yeah. So, going so going through this summer of playing all that high level of competition, who do you think has been the toughest hitter that you've faced so far in your career? Uh – I don't really, I don't really know. I didn't know any of the guys. Um, the farthest ball, MJ Sayo hit a home run off of me this year, but I got him back. I, I think I struck him out three times. Okay, and yeah. I mean, one for one for four, one home run for three strikeouts. That's I'll take that. Yeah, he hit a he hit a home run, uh, eighty nine fastball to Oz on an O two count. So I mean, good pitch, good hit. You know, I yeah. tip my. Of course. But. Uh, um, so, so playing in playing in all those different events like the Lake Point, East Cobb, Cary, um, I'm assuming you've been to Hoover. Obviously, with you being in Alabama already, um, what do you think is what is your favorite um, event or favorite just facility that you've been to so far? Yeah, I think Cary is definitely everyone's favorite. I mean, that's I mean you're looking at like Olympic field, you know, it's just amazing grass, amazing dirt, dugouts are nice, a lot of room. So yeah, definitely definitely Cary was probably my favorite place to play. Okay. So dig it. So digging into rankings, I know you talked about how you were kind of a division, like you were division two mid-major prospect there for a while, throwing low, low to mid eighties. 
And then all of a sudden you get that jump to where you're throwing 89, uh, where you hit your PR and kind of Auburn and Alabama reached out. Um, I know as I kind of did some research, um, it says that PBR had you rank like not even in the top 60 at one point, And then all of a sudden you jumped to number five. So kind right. of take us through what, what that was like for you um, going through from being a, a mid-major prospect to a power five, kind of all of a sudden and kind of what the reasoning you think was for that big jump. Well, I haven't really been like, um, I've always just kind of had like pretty good, pretty good progress, pretty good results pitching, but uh, never really like anything that catches the eye. Like, wow, this kid's like pretty good. So I've always stayed pretty low in the rankings. No one really like knew me that much. And um, so, yeah, I had, like I said, I had an Alabama commit on my high school team above me. So all the odds are really on him. You know, I was kind of like the underdog for a while, but yeah, I was um, not even top 2000 on PG wasn't even ranked on PBR. I think I was 70-something overall in PBR in just Alabama. So, yeah, it was just like once Auburn kind of kind of took a chance on me and kind of realized that I could have some potential, That that's when it started kind of going uphill, which you can take that good or bad because now I kind of have, you know, a target on your back when you go out of town, where before no one really knew who I was. So it was definitely easier back then. Yeah. So I know, I know rankings obviously don't mean everything. I mean, there's guy like, I mean, when you were ranked 60th, I mean, now you're ahead all of these guys who are ahead of you to begin with. Um, no, but what, what was that day like when that PBR ranking came out and you were ranked number, what is it? Fifth or sixth in the state. Um, yeah, I think it. Did that catch you kind of by surprise or did you kind of expect that at that point when you were PRing at 89, 90? Yeah, I didn't really, I didn't really know about PBR, but the one that caught me by surprise was perfect game. So, um, I was just pitching all summer, all summer, and I had a PG scout. Um, I was an assistant coach for artillery, and I was like, I, is my ranking going to change? Am I always going to be high follow? Because, I mean, it is kind of it's kind of demoralizing. I mean, you're going out there and pitching pretty well against these high-level players, and you're not, you're not even ranked. You know, it's just kind of like, I don't know, you kind of want to be like a little bit ranked. And he was like, yeah, when we update the rankings, you'll jump, and then, couple months later I mean he texts me sends me a screenshot I'm number one in the state for pitcher and number like number six overall so that was that was definitely really surprising for me I, I definitely didn't expect it to go up that much yeah so as as I go through the perfect game website I've always seen like high high follow I guess I really don't know what that what that means in a way so what is high follow on the perfect game website yeah high follow pretty much means you're a top 2,000 player but you're not um you're not you don't have a number, but you're top two thousand. So I mean, they're not really not really much. Okay. So as you as you look forward to the future, as you head to Auburn um, here next fall to go play go play fall ball, and then in the spring as well, um, what do you think the plan is uh, in the future um, with you being a left-handed pitcher? Are you thinking potentially a starter, a reliever? Um, what do you think fits your style of pitching best uh, when it comes to maybe some long long innings or maybe just a couple one two innings at a time? Yeah, well, I mean, the my goal, which I'll, I'll do whatever helps the team win the most, you know, but personally, I, I think it would be pretty cool to start. I mean, I, I like starting games. I like going to the lineup a couple, a couple times. I mean, if, the, if they let me throw, if they let me throw all nine, I would. So hopefully start. But I, I, if I had to be realistic, I'd probably say they'd use me as a setup guy, maybe come get a few left-handed batters out, throw some sliders, you know. But uh, slowly kind of work my way up and maybe become a starter one day. So what is what does that depth chart look like right now? Um, just some guys who are expected to leave here this after this upcoming spring and some guys guys coming in your class as well. Like, where do you think that depth chart depth chart is at this moment? 
Yeah, so, I mean, obviously everyone there is really good. So we're all going to have to work really hard, just kind of make a name for ourselves, stay, get on the roster. And um, there's a 35-man roster this year where it used to be 40. So you're going to have to – you have to work even harder, you know, kind of show show that you can you can compete at that high of a level. And, uh, yeah, so I'm not really sure about all the pitchers because I'm not really familiar with everyone's names. But I've been down there and seen some pins, and, I mean, there's a lot of good players. So it, it's definitely going to be tough. So, as you, again, as you look forward to the future, one thing that kind of caught me off guard um, earlier, as you mentioned, is you're actually going to be a good optometry ob- school. So, kind of what, what what got you interested in that? And, uh, like, kind of what is that process of going to the op- optometry school at Auburn? Uh, so, yeah, my, my mom's a nurse practitioner. Uh, she's a NICU nurse at, uh, at a hospital. So, I, I kind of wanted to go, like, a medical route. And um, I'd, I'd say I'm pretty – I'm decently smart so hopefully I mean I think I'm smart enough to go through that school and and be successful in that field and uh I really wanted to be I want to own my own business one day so like my dad owns his own business I kind of wanted to do that so I could really be involved with my son's life one day or my daughter and just kind of go through life with them you know and maybe coach my son's baseball team or whatever with my daughter you know and be really involved in that area because I mean, I think that was a really big, really big key part of my life is both my parents were very involved and I think that helped. So what part, what part of the medical field actually is optometry? I guess I'm pretty bad at that when it comes to like all these, all these types of parts of the medical field where it says like something, imagery or whatever it happens to be. So I really, honestly, what, what, what is optometry? So um, it's like an eye doctor and uh, have you ever, you've, you've been to an eye doctor, got an eye checkup or whatever, Mm -hmm. and they prescribe you for glasses so you're pretty you're pretty much the owner i would own i want to own like a keplinger eye cares i mean whatever you you can make the name whatever you want but yeah and, and kind of run that just and then any questions any like prescriptions eye stuff i wouldn't really be doing any surgery but i would be a doctor okay so would you want would you want to open that up in morris or i guess we t- kind of talked about it there at the beginning or would you want to kind of move to where there's a bigger population more clientele yeah i, I, I would probably put it in a in a more populated area, maybe, maybe some more money, maybe where there's some money to be made, you know, to try and get the best chance of success. Of course. All right. So moving it back into baseball here for just a little bit, and then we'll kind of move into like some passions and stuff like that for you. Um, so digging into your pitching repertoire. So I know you've got that fastball that made that big jump here this past spring, this past summer, uh, but just take us through what your entire pitching repertoire is and maybe what those velocities are on those pitches. Yeah, so I mean, it's it's been kind of changing because I mean, baseball changes, so you kind of have to change what you're doing. But um, yeah, right now I have a four seam. I don't really throw a two seam. My four seam runs a good bit, so I I mean, I throw from a low three quarter. So I usually have pretty good run on my on my fastball. I like I like to throw my four seam a lot, and um, my slider is definitely my number two, my number one pitch. My go to pitch is my slider. So kind of I kind of throw that any count. Any any time in the any time in the account, I can pretty much locate that, pitch. and um, I've I've used that a lot to get ahead in the counts or put away a batter, and um, try and keep them off balance. So my fastball seems a little faster than it really is. If I'm facing like a really good righty, I'll throw him a change up, or maybe I'll throw him a, like a twelve six curveball, try to get him off balance. But any lefties, I mean, fastball slider is definitely where I'm going to go. Okay, so are you pretty dead set on the type of pitches you've got right now, or in the in the near future, are you thinking about adding any new pitches to your repertoire? Yeah, so I've been kind of toying around with a sinker a little bit, and uh, but I don't know. I've been talking with my coaches, and I don't really know if it's if it's uh, worth the velocity 
you you definitely lose a little bit of velocity throwing a sinker, but I already have the, the the conversation is my fastball already has pretty good run, so they don't really know how much benefit I'll have from throwing a sinker when your fastball already runs a good bit. So okay. probably stay with what I'm doing right now. Okay. For- so let let's say let's say you do go about you do go add that sinker. Um, let, I mean, not saying that you will, but let's just say that that does happen to where you add a sinker to your pitching repertoire. How do you go about adding new pitches to your repertoire? Because I know some pitchers like to do it a little bit differently. So for you, how do you go about adding new pitches? Right. Yeah. So I, the, I just added the slider last summer, put the slider in and, well, I played catch with it for weeks, never threw it in a pen, played catch, played catch, played catch, just, just kind of trying to get a feel for the pitch, just feel the release point where I need to start it what gives me the most movement. And uh, once I felt really comfortable playing catch with it, I would try to integrate it into my pins, like low intensity. And then, um, yeah, I mean, pretty much the hardest part of putting in a pitch is throwing in a game for the first time, you know? So I would, I would try and throw it in like O2 counts or maybe against like a lower level batter and just where I could kind of have a little room for air. And then I've slowly gained more confidence in it to where it became probably my best pitch. Okay. Um, so with with you heading to, with you having one high school spring season left, uh, what is it that what what is it that you want to fix most within your game? Just maybe say your biggest weakness before you head to Auburn's campus um, and start playing that upper level competition again. Right. So yeah, I, I think I could definitely do a better job holding runners on if I let them, if I let runners on base. I have a pretty pretty high leg kick, and a lot of runners tend to like to try and steal on me. So definitely controlling the run game is one of my biggest flaws in pitching, but. Me and my coaches are, are constantly working on that, and uh, we're trying to get that straightened up. And, um, I mean, everything else, I mean, it's really just you never really know it's pitching. So, I mean, you could you could be amazing one day and terrible the next, you know. Yeah. So, with you being a lefty with that big leg kick, when you do hold runners on and you do throw it to first base, like, do you have a pretty good move? I mean, I know I always hated left-handed pitchers because at first base, I could never tell if they were going to the plate or they were going to first. And it always kind of, like, messed with me. So like yeah, he's a pretty good move to first base. Yeah, I, I, I sometimes I'll even look over there, get him leaning back, and just throw to, just throw the plate. But yeah, you can definitely be very deceptive with a with a pick with a pickoff move the first or second. I mean, with a lot with a high leg kick, you can you can definitely play with the runners on base. Yeah, like I said, I mean, I probably I mean I was a bigger guy, so it's not like I was trying to steal bases. But no, like I think I got picked off by a lefty maybe. Oh, man, I feel like every time I got picked off in high school, it was it was against the lefty. It was it was like the worst. Coach, yeah. coach would always come in the dugout like screaming at me, man. But yeah, I didn't want to get the secondary. When yeah. Uh, pick. Go ahead. Sorry, what was that? Yeah, yeah. When I'm when I'm running bases too, if the lefty's got a good move, I'm I'm slow to the secondary. I'll usually stay on the bag a little bit longer. Yeah. Um, so let's move along to um, the actually your advisor selection process with you being a 23 potential MLB draft pick here this past this, this next summer. If not, uh, go play for Auburn a couple years and be in uh, potentially enter the enter the draft again. Um, so I'm trying to be an agent slash advisor, kind of like how I talked about before we started recording. So let's kind of dig into some of the advisors that have reached out to you and kind of your process of going about it. Um, so when was it that maybe those first couple advisors started reaching out to you? Yeah, so my first agent that hit me up was um, he saw me pitch in East Cobb uh, this summer, and I he he texted me. Ben Simon reached out from Ohio, reached out to me, was kind of just asking me about just kind of get to know me, trying to trying to learn my how my family is, just really just trying to get to know me as a person. And um, but I I mean I've talked to a few people, and I think the the best route is probably 
just not get an agent because I'm, I'm definitely going to Auburn because I need to get an education, you know, yeah. and, but ho- hopefully when I, when I get a, my junior year, hopefully I have some options and I can, I can go play at the next level. Yeah. Advisor, uh, Judd Lammers, he, uh, he reached out to me, but um, yeah, I'm not really looking in that direction right now. I'm, I'm kind of looking more towards the college route for sure. Okay. Yeah. Kind of as I was kind of digging through your profile or just doing some research, I did see that Ben Simon was following you because actually Ben Simon represents a player that I'm like really close with and doing a lot of NIL stuff for. And I was like, oh, shoot, I wonder if he's somehow connected. But no, I guess I guess that makes sense. Um, so since you really you went along and didn't pick, choose an advisor, I we can go ahead and kind of move on to maybe some stuff beyond the baseball field just a little bit, kind of end off the podcast. Uh, just got four or five more questions here for you. Um, so when you aren't playing baseball, when you aren't studying, obviously you said you're a smart kid. And if you're going to be, go, go to optometry school, I mean, I'm sure that's going to be a lot of studying. But when you aren't doing those couple things, like what are some of your passions that you have and just some things that you really enjoy doing? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not really like a big uh, – I don't hunt or fish. That's really what a lot of people do down here in Alabama. So, I mean, I really just like to hang out with my friends. So I'll, I'll go get a bite to eat with them every now and then, but – I mean, my pretty much my entire day consists of baseball, working out, work, whatever. I mean, it's it's just it's pretty much all my life is at this point. Just yeah. trying to just trying to get better. So when you do want to go out, when you do want to go out to a restaurant in Morris, what are some of those good places to go out? Yeah, there's there's nothing in Morris. We got a subway. That's that's all we have in Morris. Okay. So I, I go I go a few miles down the road to a city called Gardendale, and right. there's like Odd Wings, Mexican place. There's still not much, you know. Um, but uh yeah kind of figure it out yeah i mean that's basically my hometown we got a mcdonald's and a subway and then you have to go 10 15 miles before you hit the next town and i mean it sucks i mean i guess here when when i'm in college it's so much nicer because then you've got a wide variety of options everywhere Uh, but no my hometown's kind of that same way Uh, but no digging into maybe some a little bit deeper questions um i these past couple guys i've been interviewing i've been kind of wanting to move in a little bit more to maybe asking some deeper questions not just all about baseball um, so these first, these couple questions are, what is it that motivates you every day just to get up, go get up, get out of bed early and just go win the day? Like just, what are some of those uh, motivations for you? Yeah. So, I mean, pretty much all day I'm thinking, like, I just, I just really want to test when I college, you know, so just, just every day I think, what can I do to get better? What can I, what can I do to outwork the people I'm going to be competing against and playing against? And, um, yeah, my dad, since, I mean, since I'm a little kid, he's always said work harder than everybody else. I mean, that's that's his slogan, outwork everyone. So I really I really try to do that every day. And uh, that that's pretty much an unreachable goal because there's always someone out there working harder than you, you know? Yeah. So you said earlier that your dad actually owns a business. So what type of business does your dad own? Um, he owns a machine shop, Keplinger Machine Shop. Okay. So when you say machine shop, like what like what type of machines? Like what is that? Uh, Like – um. Big, like the big like the big machines like maintenance maintenance on big machines oh okay okay so like what like the big uh excavators and stuff like that uh more like um inside steel plants like big saws big oh okay yeah yeah is is that pretty big is that pretty big in alabama no he, he travels all the time he, oh, he tra- okay. Where where's like the main point of like travel that he goes to like where, where's the big oh. area big region Atlanta has a huge plant. He's always, they always have stuff to work on, you know, but yeah, he, he works really hard. If he's not working out of town, he's working at the, he's working at our house. I mean, he, every day, seven days a week, he's working. So I'm sure. And, and Atlanta, I mean, Atlanta's big for a lot of things. So like, how far are you in Morris? I know, I think Alabama's the state next to Georgia, right? 
Right, yeah. Okay, so how far is Morris from Atlanta? Um, I, I think we're only two and a half hours, three. Oh, that's, three. Yeah, that's, I'm not, saying, that's not bad at all. No, it's not terrible. Yeah. Um. So let's say um, 20 years down the road, perfect picture, everything goes right. You could be, potentially be a, a major league ball player, potentially owning your own optometry business. Everything goes right. What is that perfect picture of your life here in 20 years? Well, I mean, the main, obviously plan A, it would be, I mean, I get, I get in college. I, I, I kind of do pretty good make a name for myself, get my stock up and go play professional baseball, kind of climb that ladder, make it to the league. And uh, yeah, I, I mean, it would be, a, it's pretty much a dream to play in the MLB for, for a good bit for maybe 10, 15 years, um, get out of there, kind of start a family, you know, settle down with a family and just give back to all the people that gave to me over all the years. That, that, that's probably what I would be most excited for. Of course. Love to hear it. All right. Down to that last question. So now that when you do head to Auburn, you're going to get that opportunity to capitalize on your name, image, and likeness. I'm sure you've probably heard a couple things about it already. Auburn does do a pretty good job when it comes to NIL. Um, so when you do get this opportunity, what would be one dream brand that you would love to endorse, collaborate with, or whatever it happens to be? Yeah. So I think a really cool one would be um, Moe's Southwest, you know, Moe's. Yeah. I eat there. I eat there probably five days a week. So uh, having a place like that would be really cool. Probably, probably Moe's would be my number one place to endorse. That would be, that would be pretty. All right. Well, that that's a first for Moe's. Usually I get like Lululemon or Nike or something like that. Yeah. So, so I, I like that answer. Um, going to have to go get some Moe's after this or something. Got me in the mood for it, but. Oh yeah. Burrito. The burrito is where it's at. All right. All right, man. Uh, but no, uh, that's all the questions I got for you. I really appreciate you coming on the show. Uh, really appreciate you uh, kind of reaching out and kind of giving me uh, just um, those props. I just really, really thank you for that. Appreciate you coming on the show. Uh, I do want to wish you the best of luck as you do head to Auburn, go through your spring season as well. Um, hopefully go play pro ball for a long, long time as well. Um, so no man, but just thanks for coming on the show. Yeah. Thank you.